Welcome to episode 22 of the Archipreneur Now podcast. I'm your host, Heath Armstrong. Today's guest gets super excited about self-publishing and the opportunities that are out there. Find out why he got started with writing and so much more right now. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self. Everybody strap on your PJs and get out that popcorn machine because today's guest is all about telling stories. He's a writer, he's a marketer, and he's pumping out books like a printing press. Here to make the good times roll, everybody welcome Josh Keelan. Josh, you are the (laughs) entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Wow, that I gotta get with my wife and have her introduce me like that every time I come home. <laughs> yeah, I, I've tried that before and I just got a blank stare back at me. So, uh, uh, they're they're good at that, aren't they? Yeah, it's a fantastic idea, though. <laughs> Josh is maybe, a maybe yeah. J- Josh is a writer. Uh, he's in marketing and uh, you know, obviously, author, strategist, digital storyteller. Founder and publishing writer at Cantonfield Media. Josh, what's going on? Uh, lots. More every day, actually. That's the beauty of being creative, man. Yeah. You, know, you get into all sorts of stuff. Web design, advertising, copywriting, blogging. Uh, you kind of coach companies, digital media planning, super creative fiction books, and nonfiction books as well, Correct. Correct. So you're an entrepreneur in more ways than one, definitely tackling the creative world from multiple angles. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today. We like to start this podcast off with a little segment we call the Breezy Three so that the audience can get to know your creative side a little bit. Okay. So what are your three favorite creative works? And they can be albums, arts, books, anything creative. Oh, man. Um, I think... Uh, I've always enjoyed the work of uh, Bill Bryson. He's really, uh, anytime I'm down and out and I need a little pick-me-up, uh, he's, a, he's a British, actually, he's he's from Iowa, but he moved to England, and then he met his wife, and it was all over. He stayed there. Uh, he was a travel writer and uh, uh, science writer, and the way he he takes these very far out and sometimes complicated ideas and just reduces them to sometimes their absurd simpleness, simpleness, uh, is, is just beautiful. And it's always inspiring to me. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad was always a storyteller as well. And every time, you know, going to bed, it was always these very, uh, intricate and elaborate stories that he just continue, uh, every night. And, uh, that really taught me a lot about the art of storytelling and, and how to capture somebody's attention and how to, to really make them want to continue paying attention to you. Um, I, uh, I'd say for the marketing standpoint, I'm always inspired by, uh, Seth Godin 
And he does the same thing. You know, he, he just comes out with these razor sharp, crystal clear ideas and they never fail to at least at the very least make me reconsider everything. So, uh, definitely up there. And then, you know, I got to throw in some music, uh, uh, black keys, anything that they do, I'm on board with. So, uh, that's my writing music. Yeah. I got to see them live a few times. So it's good stuff. I think the last time was probably about a year ago though. They were out here in Louisville. They played at uh, Forecastle music festival. Um, and I think they were just recently in Nashville too. Rock on. Yeah. I got, uh, my, uh, I'm taking my whole family to go see them. They're coming up to Washington in, uh, October. Yeah, sweet man. Do you have any particular favorite books or stories? You know, I was I was always into uh, C.S. Lewis and Isaac Asimov uh, when I was growing up, and just because they always built these very rich and elaborate worlds, and it always seemed effortless. Um, the the characters were there, but they were they always took a back seat to these these wonderful rich uh, landscapes that they they they, they painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all their books, Tolkien as well. Yeah, it's so much detail. It's crazy how it can make your mind think when you're reading through those types of books. You you just picture it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Do you have a creative bucket list as far as your writing or your business goes? You know, what would be the top you know, three things you would like to accomplish uh, on that creative list? You know, I'm just excited to be part of this uh, publishing author momentum that's going on right now with with self-publishing mm-hmm. and indie publishing going crazy right now. Um, I'm just I'm, I can't wait for for that to really take off. Uh, it's you know, it's it's ramping up and you're seeing a lot of maturity in certain areas. But um, once it gains public acceptance, as in there are no legacy published books. There are no self-published books. There's just books and they're good or they're bad on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I really think that that's, that's going to be an amazing moment for, for writers in general. And I'm excited to be part of that. And I'm, I'm excited to see that carry forward into other media media as well. Uh, TV movies, you know, let's, let's distribute everything. Yeah. It would be such a fantastic world. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of success with that self-publishing lately. And, you know, I've been purchasing books. I read a lot and uh, meeting some of these people I do podcasts with and just networking online. Some some of these people that are writing and releasing their very first book just from doing their research on how to self-publish are making like, you know, twenty five thirty thousand dollars $30,000 right off the bat uh, with yeah. their first releases. And it's amazing the power of technology. Well, and I'll, you know, to to write one book, and I'm going to preface this because a lot of people think, you know, he, they hear about these, they hear about uh, these one-hit wonders, and they're like, oh man, I can just write a book and publish it, and I'm going to be no, no, one-hit <laughs> wonders are still rare. It doesn't matter if you're a traditional published or or uh, or self-published, but if you have a deep backlist and you get one random hit, the more you publish, the more uh, chance you have of of making more money. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one one hit wonder makes ten year takes ten years in the making, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Overnight success takes ten years in the making. Yeah. So, yeah, very cool. But you know, the ability to be able to do that is is amazing for sure. Uh, when you were a kid, did you want to be a writer when you grew up? 
I, I, yeah, I submitted uh, my fair share of stories to essay contests, and um, and I was, I was, I was pretty active. I, uh, I didn't know anything about craft or anything. I just liked telling stories, and they always naturally came up in my head. I'd see things, and I'd think, "What if?" And that, you know, the "what if" always led to this silly or crazy story, and then I'd go write it down and share it with my folks. Yeah, you know, you're obviously involved in these multiple uh, creative endeavors, and you probably have sustained several different revenue streams through writing, whether it be marketing and publishing. Uh, where did you start on this journey? You know, what kind of work did you do, and what kind of work did you get involved with early on that allowed you to propel yourself to where you are today? Well, I uh, back in college. Um, I'll be back up even further. I mean, when I was a kid, I was writing, but then my parents got divorced and, uh, went to, you know, just went through that normal teenage angst as, as that all worked itself out and tried to, uh, join ROTC and went to Air Force Academy, stopped writing altogether, um, because I was told that was a kid's thing to do hmm. and, uh, tried to get into the Air Force Academy, didn't get in. Really had to find my way in in college and hooked up with some guys and we started a consulting company, uh, doing uh, basic web design, uh, sales consultation, uh, logistical management, and just kind of took off from there. Did that for a few years and um, really got into marketing. But that's where my love of of writing and, and and expressing my ideas about marketing and the new ways we can we can do marketing uh really came about yeah definitely do you think that it was harder to get started in the first place or to keep on going well there's peaks and troughs you know there mm -hmm. you you can go through a season where you think everything that you write is brilliant um <laughs> and then and then you write a couple bad blog posts and suddenly who's reading these? This is, this is terrible. Who would ever, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the, the downsides of being, being creative is, is that, that little nagging self doubt. And I, I admire some, I've met some people who don't have that and I'm always amazed by that, but I, uh, unfortunately am not one of those folks. So really some days are easier. Some days are harder. Um, I got to meet know, these people, ask them some <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It, it you know, I I go through those peaks and in, in uh, dips all the time, and so to think about not having that is that's that blows my mind, makes my head want to explode actually. <laughs> <laughs> but what personally, what do you do when you get into a funk like that? Uh, you know, where you just can't come up with something and you can't get your creativity to flow better again. Do you have anything in particular that you have in place? You do you go on a run? Uh, is there anything that you do to kind of get back into the groove? Well, I, I don't, I don't, uh, run unless I'm being chased. That's a hard <laughs> and fast rule. Uh, but I do go on long walks. That's one of my tricks. Uh, sometimes you just have to plow through and I'm a big fan of the crappy first draft, mm -hmm. especially when I'm writing a book. Uh, I don't, and it's taken me a little while to get there, but I don't mind, writing a, a a bad first draft anymore so i get the words on the page and then i edit later yeah i think that we can find so much success in 
backtracking over things that we've done wrong in the first place. So, you know, we get noticed a lot because of our success, but we create them on the back of our failures and we learn best from those experiences where it doesn't necessarily work out the first time. Uh, yet we still only really discuss the times that it does. So have you ever had any of those failures on your own that you've been able to learn from that have actually changed your process over the years? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had some success with, uh, with my children's books and, uh, but I haven't had that much success with my nonfiction. And I think it's, it's, you know, a product of, of the writing and the branding, um, crowded marketplaces and just not positioning correctly. And so I've learned, I've tried to learn from that and I've, uh, positioned other, uh, nonfiction products that I've written, uh, accordingly. So yeah, I mean, you learn from everything you do and, and just, uh, you know, try not to dwell too much on the past and, and keep moving forward. Can you briefly kind of give the audience an idea about your creative works and your books and some of the more successful ones? Uh, yeah, I, uh, well about, uh, let's see, 2010, uh, 2000, yeah, 2010, I was, uh, I was laid off and, uh, doing my uh, marketing consulting and I was getting a couple gigs here and there. I had one long-term gig, uh, through that and it was doing okay, but I was looking for something that was delivering that passive income. Cause I really wanted to make a product, put it out there and, and sell it because I only have, you know, two to 3000 units to sell every year of mm -hmm. my time. So it made sense to me to make something, but I didn't quite know what to do. And then I, I was, I remember I was sitting, having my car worked on and, uh, wondering how we we're going to make uh, a little bit of extra money. And I ran across this article about, uh, this, this off self-published author. I can't remember her name now, Amanda, uh, starts with an H <laughs> it's not coming to me. Um, but she wrote a series of, uh, essentially twilight, uh, like books mm -hmm. and she self-published them and she made a million dollars. Wow. And this just blew my mind. And this was back, you know, she, she wrote them in 2009 and she sold them. She wrote a series. So she sold the first one for 99 cents and the, the sequels for two ninety nine, and they were bestsellers yeah. by any, by any metric or more mark. And it just, it opened my whole world. And so I dived into this for a whole week and my, <laughs> my wife thought I was nuts cause I was sitting at the computer the whole time, just devouring all these information, all this information <laughs> about how to do this, you know, what can you do? And then I just sat up all night long and started brainstorming these, these crazy writing ideas, all this stuff that I used to do when I was a kid that just came freely. And now it started all bubbling back again. And so one thing that I was doing at the time was my son saw uh, this bedtime story movie with Adam Sandler. And so he started requesting bedtime stories. Well, I didn't know any bedtime stories. I mean, I remember kind of the ones my dad used to tell me, but memory fades. And mm -hmm. uh, I went online to try, try to find some. And they were all about like snails and butterflies making <laughs> friends with each other. And that's just not my, my kid was, you know, eight or nine and, he really wasn't into that. So, yeah. uh, instead I just started making them up using like our pets and things I saw around the room. And, um, I, I made up a story about our two dogs and how they love cheese and ended up saving the world. 
<laughs> and they fought this uh, evil cat and he animated these ninja pizza crusts and it just went off from there, you know, it just uh, went a little crazy, but fun. And he loved it. And I thought other parents might want this too. So I, uh, I published those and uh, did a whole series of, of, for the dogs. And then there was a, a superhero one and a, a space adventure as well. And, uh, then I, I was thinking of a fourth one, but I didn't quite know what to do. And so I asked my wife and she looked at me in the way that only wives can do. And she said, well, you don't have one for girls. <laughs> so what should I do for girls? She's like princesses, of course. So I did my take on a princess, which is not the damsel in distress so much as the damsel who ends up saving everything. So it's been a lot of fun and, and it's been uh, very rewarding. And, uh, my, uh, yeah, my uh, my my fiction does does pretty well, and so I'm very happy with that. Well, congratulations on getting those out, and they sound like a blast. And I'm sure that it's very fulfilling to be able to go through that process. Uh, you know, something that you gave up when you were a child, and then have all those creative bubbles come back. And uh, I can't imagine how amazing that feels. Looking at your writing, and you know, you can bring the business and the consulting into this as well. But what, what do you think your ultimate long-term goal is for all of this? What, what do you really want to accomplish in the future? I think what I've always wanted to accomplish is to show people that the old way of doing business is dead. You can't treat people like numbers. You can't treat them like transactions. You have to connect with them build a relationship with them on a deeper level or else you'll fail. Now we're not, we're not quite there at there yet, but the, the internet being the transformative, uh, idea that it is, uh, is, is changing everything. And so what it's doing is it's, it's taking away the mass production culture and making everything, uh, customized and bespoke. So when you have that kind of system, you have to you have to form a relationship with your customers or else they won't know you they won't trust you they don't even like you uh, <laughs> and so the old way of marketing to everyone is is has to be slowly replaced with uh, individually marketing to individuals um, trying to understand empathize with the customer rather than just trying to fit them into a hole and assuming that they're stupid yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, and I love seeing the spark and, and the change starting to occur. You know, I worked and went to school in the engineering sections, uh, worked around bridges and concrete, and that is the exact, you know, you are a number in these factories where they produce these concrete products, you know, you're a number. And yeah. it's hard to tell somebody that's been in that industry their whole life that, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to go to that job every day feeling miserable until you retire. You can Ooh. follow something that you're passionate about and create something out of it, uh, which is basically the whole goal of this podcast. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Have you put any habits into place to kind of keep you focused and on you know attaining those long-term goals of spreading that message? Are there any things that you think our listeners could find value in that you do to kind of keep yourself together? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 
it's been a, a period of consolidation right now with uh, all my different ideas and all my different businesses I've been starting. And I've got a bunch that I've been, I've been uh, collaborating with some friends on a couple of other projects that, you know, are underground, but they're going to come out pretty soon. And uh, some other things I keep off the table or off the books rather. Um, but it's, you know, it, it all flows from the central, the same idea that, you know, we're, we're a, a personalized, connected culture. And, and that's really what we need to focus on is the relationships between individuals. Um, I, what I do to, to keep that in mind is, you know, I don't, I, I never got into quotes or, <laughs> you know, uh, daily aphorisms or anything like that, but, uh, I try to make sure that my work involves something of that nature regardless of what it is so whether it's it's consulting with marketing i don't work with certain companies that don't get that and i go through a, a, I, i've turned down business because of that and uh much to the dismay of my wife at times but uh you know and and the central theme of, of my my fiction and nonfiction is that so i try to keep that that central theme in focus throughout everything that i do yeah, awesome. It's great to have principles. If you could go back, what is one thing that you would do differently? Uh, let's see. Invest in Google. <laughs> that would have been a good one, right? <laughs> uh, it probably would have been a smart move. Uh, what do you? How far back? What do you mean? Just looking back at the beginning of when you kind of started on your entrepreneurial journey, uh, is there anything that you would do differently, knowing what you know now? Oh yeah, I would have I would have got into the uh, I would have set up my personal website a lot earlier. <laughs> started mm -hmm. started blogging back in 2006, 2005. Um I would have uh I would have kept writing even throughout uh high school and college. Um You'd have a blog a, empire by now if you started blogging in 2005. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then again, you never know. I might have uh, lost focus and, and run out of steam. But everything mm -hmm. happens for a reason. I try not to look back and uh, wish that things could have been different. Uh, I always try to take those ideas, what I wish would have happened, and then try to apply them to the future. Yeah. And not, you know, I'm a huge believer of everything. Every experience that we have leads to something greater in the future. So uh, I have no regrets as well. If you could spend one hour creating something with anybody from the past or present, who would it be and what would you create? Oh, man. Let's see. Um, you know, I think I'd, I really would like to work with uh, somebody like uh, C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. who had just, he had a very clear idea of his theology and his thinking. And if you read it between the lines, he had a very similar philosophy to the one I, you know, I, I've been talking about. Um, and not only that, but he, you know, he wrote these really great children's stories and these uh, sci-fi adventures. So I would love to collaborate with him on, uh, on, uh, actually I'm working on a, a Christian sci-fi, uh, series at the moment. Oh yeah. So, he'd fit right into that, right? Yeah. Cool. So this next question is my favorite question, and it's going to blindside you. 
but you got to mm-hmm. use your creative abilities to answer it. And I think I, for some reason I have a feeling that you'll do a pretty good job at it, especially well, with we'll these see. books that you've been running out. So if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity and talents to defeat him? To defeat him. Now, see, at first I have to des- describe defeat. and <laughs> It's whatever and, <laughs> your creative mind wants to think defeat is. Well, I, I just, I, I, w- I would write him as submitting to me, and then we'd go and we'd fight Mothra, right? <laughs> that's that's a quick, easy way, yeah. <laughs> the power of the pen. <laughs> the power of the pen, that's acceptable. Well, and everyone knows that Godzilla loves peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> Yes. So I think I would use that as a lure. We'd have a heart-to-heart conversation. He understands. Uh, I don't speak Japanese, but I'm sure I could find a translator, and uh, we would we would have a uh, a deep conversation about what his motivations are, what he really wants, <laughs> and then we'd go and we'd destroy Mothra. You've got a you've got a much greater plan. You, you had it all <laughs> figured out. <laughs> well, we're getting into the closing minutes and I wanted to say thanks for coming on but before we go do you have any uh, closing favorite advice uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think they could find value in uh yeah actually one of my one of my other favorite authors is a guy named Donald Miller and he wrote uh, an amazing book about stories and more specifically living your life as if it was a story and if I could say anything, and I, this is a subject on a, a numerous uh, blog posts that I've written, is live your life like it was a movie. Every day you get up and you're a character in your own movie and you want something. And there are obstacles getting in the way of that. And you have to overcome that and that's heroic. Don't live your life like a montage scene. The one that skips for 30 years (laughs) that nobody wants to watch because it's boring. I love that, man. That is awesome. That's powerful. Uh, We had a previous guest on Sharab Miramont. He's a director uh, out there in Hollywood. He actually won the New York film festival critics choice when he was 19 uh, for a movie. And he's in his, I I believe he's going on 30 now, Uh, but he had a, a, it kind of reminded me of what he said, and he said, every day is a bonus round. Yeah. So it kind of sums what you just set up, and, and yeah, I love both of those. So, Do you have a way that our listeners can get in contact with you or your books uh, or your website if they want to check it out? Yeah, it's uh, just joshkeelan.com, J-O-S-H-K-I-L-E-N.com. Um, every, all my information's there. All my books are listed. Um, well, the book's published under my name and, uh, and they can also check out my uh, author page on cantonfield.com as well. Okay. And those two links will also be in the show notes on artsynow.com uh, when this episode goes live. So Josh, and thanks so much for being on. You provided so much value and it was a lot of fun. Everybody take some advice uh, be creative. You know, you don't have to be boring and sit at home and you know, like a like a boring film that skips for thirty years straight. Uh, live your life like a story. I love that, man. 
and do Nobody something. Nobody wants to watch the uh, movie about a guy who struggles really hard to buy a Volvo. <laughs> and if they did want to watch it, I don't, I don't know if I could be friends with them. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And everybody get out there and, and do something funky and maybe a little funky chicken. Uh, be creative, <laughs> you know, go high five some strangers on the street, send some emails from, 2005 that you haven't replied to yet do, do something crazy uh, fun smile and josh thanks so much for being the archerpreneur now and always remember to keep it funky thanks Heath. thank you for listening to the archerpreneur now podcast for all the show notes and more information please visit artsynow.com that's a-r-t-s-y now.com thank you the music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.